0: As we do bow in our wonderful presence. We appreciate your love, your mercy, your goodness, your kindness to us. We appreciate, Lord, the opportunity we have to bring all of our petitions and all of our needs, uh, to cast every care upon you because you care for us. We appreciate, Lord, what you've provided for us. We thank you, Jesus, for supplying our every need. We're thankful, Lord Jesus, for the pastor that you have blessed us with, for the Bates family. We're trusting in thee to bless and anoint and help them this day pour out your spirit upon this congregation, Father. We come to thee with hearts of praise and thanksgiving, and we want to worship thee in spirit and in truth. And we want your perfect will to be done today in each and every one of our hearts. Speak to us, Lord. We open up our hearts, our minds, our ears to hear what thy spirit has to say to us. Bless every part of this service. Bless the, the uh, choir as they sing. Bless the special singing. Bless the preaching of uh, thy word. Anoint uh, every person that participates in this service. And will be sure to give you the praise, the glory, and the honor for what you accomplished today. In Jesus' name, amen. your undivided
1: attention as he preaches it to us today. Thank you. And good morning. Wow, what a what a beautiful morning. If you're happy in the Lord, say amen. amen. If you think that's good singing, say amen. amen. they could have just kept singing, don't say amen. <laughs> I've already been informed that one of these young Bates boys down here. A descendant of a descendant of a descendant has him a new watch. I don't know if it runs in the family, but he made it a point to come to me. And show me my new watch, he says. <laughs> Grandpa sent him, I know. <laughs> Not fooling me. Well, hallelujah, I'm glad I'm in God's house.
0: Amen. Now,
1: they wanted me to preach, and I tried to get out of it, but they asked me to preach a little, so uh, I have felt drawn to a passage of Scripture. You have your Bibles this morning, and I trust that you do turn with me to Matthew chapter 3. Matthew chapter 3. We have a lot on our plate this morning, and we're going to cover a lot of bases in the next few moments. And so I appreciate your understanding, but we do want to give way for the word. And it's foundational to everything we're doing today, to this incredible ceremony, and this moment in time in which God has providentially brought you as a church, and uh, we all as members of his kingdom into this moment here. At the Independent Nazarene, and we certainly are grateful for the leadership of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And we build off the years before us. We learn from those lessons. We celebrate those accomplishments, and we take off the gloves. Hats to the past, off to the past. Gloves on to the future. Amen. Amen. And uh, may it be so of the church this morning. Stand with me, please. Matthew chapter 3 In those days came John the Baptist preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying, Repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Father, I pray that in these moments you will anoint your word, hide your unworthy servant behind the cross. And Lord, we can do our best this morning, but there's none that can truly sanctify the moment greater than the visitation and manifestation of the Holy Spirit and the authority of the word. And so I pray that it be so this morning. In Jesus' name, God's people said. Amen. Turn to somebody you haven't shaken hands with. Don't do it, just smile and say, I'm glad you're here. So exchange a smile and you may be seated in those days, in those days, John the Baptist, came John the Baptist preaching. This passage greets us with the entrance of John the Baptizer into ministerial history. John the Baptist, the divinely appointed and ordained forerunner of Jesus Christ, the Messiah. To me, this passage explodes with application to our very setting this morning. In reality, every person is called of God to proclaim the message of God and is in measure truly a forerunner of Jesus in their world. Not a one of us are here this morning, but that somebody, somebody was a forerunner to bring us to Jesus. In this passage, I note these incredible truths. First of all, I note an unlikely time. It almost eludes us. We almost skim right past it without really understanding the significance and the weightiness of the passage when it starts with these words, in those days. In those days, an unlikely time, you see, 400 years had elapsed between Nehemiah and that of John the Baptist. Between the end of the Old Testament and the beginning of the New Testament, there's that gap of four centuries. 400 years. Four long centuries of time in which they tell us there was no voice nor any that answered. Silence. Darkness. Darkness. Confusion. Trouble. The Persians were in dominance when the Old Testament came to an end. That empire fell to the hand of Alexander the Great. A bloody epic, indeed it was. Then began the Greek epic around 333 B.C., an era that also came to a bloody end, inflicted by Anticus Epiphanes, known as one of the cruelest tyrants in all of history. Then came the Maccabean epic, that era of time. The New Testament ends or begins then with the Roman epic. During these four centuries and of time, Jews became slaves and were slow, uh, sold into slavery. During that period of time, all that was sacred to the Jewish word, world was defamed and marketed. They were refused the opportunity and the freedoms to worship Jehovah as they saw fit. And then Rome enters the stage of time. We all know about Rome and its cruelty and its tyranny, the clash of swords, the eagerness for evil, darkness, silence. All this time seems as if the voice of God was not heard and the pen of God did not write. There was silence, yet there were those who were steady at their task and faithful to their calling. One generation after another, one faithful prophet after another, one faithful priest in the temple after another just kept lighting the candles and saying the prayers and doing what he knew he must do. An unlikely time in those days an unlikely time this morning we gather here and we may look around us and we may say there's so many things against us the world is in chaos and upheaval we're debating even today whether to have church or not with uncontrolled viruses and and all of the scare that's going on and the fear that seems to grip our culture but yet in these most unlikely of times yes. Comes an unlikely man in those days came John the Baptist preaching an unlikely man we would have never chosen on the backside of the wilderness he come from a, ri- a unique origin his mother Baron Elizabeth his father who became a mute and couldn't speak his origin was unlikely his birth was unexpected and Zacharias just doing his faithful duty in the temple that's what you do when you're not sure where God is in the midst of the chaos you just keep doing what you know is right to do you just keep lighting the candles and saying the prayers and reading the word and you just keep them close and dear to the means of grace that's what you do when times get a little trouble Zacharias about his faithful duty and all of a sudden All of a sudden, God decides he's going to break through 400 years of darkness and silence and apathy and tyranny. And he's going to do a new thing. And he appears, the angel of the Lord appears to the old faithful man of God. And he tells him, you're going to have a son. Amen. I don't know if that's what Elizabeth said. (laughs) She had been barren. They're up in years. But God's working behind the scenes and he's working around the globe and he's got a Mary over here and a Joseph and he's he's doing this long before the connection of Facebook and internet and all the rest and they didn't know, but yet God knew what he was doing in the tapestry of time. God knows what he's doing this morning. Yes, these are unlikely times and you certainly will have an unlikely man because we all are. God breaks in and he speaks to Zachariah and he says, I want you to, you're going to have a son. And he's going to, he's going to break the silence and his name is going to be John. Why John, you say? Why why not a a chip off the old block? Let's name him, let's name him Don. Why John, John? Well, the the meaning of the word is, is significant. God wants to break the silence with this prophet, this preacher named John. For John means the Lord is gracious. Amen. He's an unlikely man. His origin was unique. Your pastor this morning has come from unique means, and from a past and a history that Satan would like to have distorted and destroyed. And Satan had other plans for this family, but to install them today in the work of the Lord. Through alcoholism and violence and abuse and all kinds of dysfunctions, he would have rather had the Bates family along the uh, casualties along the highway of time, but he has not chosen to do so but to be gracious to them and now to us. In an unlikely time, an unlikely man, here he comes. His diet's unique. He and I don't see eye to eye on that, which is good. (laughs) Locusts and honey. You obviously I've eaten the honey and Don, Pastor Don has eaten the locust. His style of clothing was unique. Raymond, camel's hair and leather belt. If you'd have saw Pastor Don around here this morning in his tennis shoes and his suit, you'd have known that a little weird. But I knew that long before this morning. John the Baptist doesn't sound like he would have been the greatest candidate to be the newest member of the PETA organization with his leather belt and his raiment of camel's hair. But in reality, is it not true that our hindrances and challenges often become tools that communicate when surrendered fully to God? Amen. God's chosen people are all unique. We all are, even strange at time. And such unlikely characteristics must always keep us humble and graceful. For just as John the baptizer, we bring so little abilities to the table that truly any and all good accomplished in our lives must unquestionably reflect and give praise to the power of Christ. And it is not our own, but it is His. Amen. Therein we do not own ourselves. We are not responsible for this choosing. This is no career choice. We are not owners of any noticeable successes. We are just as other men and women who have followed Christ. And we've come to this moment, an unlikely time, an unlikely moment, an unlikely man. We are all such unlikely people. Lord, grant However, that wherever we are found, it can be said of us, the Lord is gracious. An unlikely place in those days came John the Baptist preaching in the wilderness of Judea. The wilderness of Judea. Now don't take it personal. Independent Naz, don't take it personal, but it's true. You and all churches and communities around us are wildernesses. The wilderness of Judea, that region, to the immediate west of the Dead Sea, an utterly barren desert, a forbidden desert of canyons and crevices, inhabited mainly by wild beasts. None, of course, here. I I thought you might get that quicker than you did, but you you were holding your breath, afraid where I was going to go. I've been to some of those wild places, still inhabited by their beasts. There are lots of places like the Judean Wilderness. I've pastored there, I live there. It's all around us. But you and I are called today to a place that needs us. Pastor Don, you're called today and commissioned and recognized today that your calling must be fulfilled in a place that needs you. Amen. We're called to those places, those unlikely places to preach. And indeed, not only in an unlikely time, an unlikely man, and an unlikely place, but with an unlikely message. A message, here comes John the Baptist in those days. What is he doing? He's preaching. He's preaching and saying, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Ripping through the silence and spiritual apathy. That voice is heard. Breaking through 400 years of silence and darkness comes the voice of the preacher piercing through that darkness saying repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Both that called repentance and a voice of hope. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. That rings with optimism and hope. The kingdom is at hand. Hallelujah. Pastor Don, you must preach but at times you will fiercely face the opposition of darkness, the spiritual warfare that you alone will know But your voice anointed of the Holy Spirit and empowered by the authority of the word must rip through the silence proclaiming the kingdom of God, proclaiming the kingdom of God as a light that shines in a dark world. Amen. He preached the kingdom, preached the kingdom, It's not about our opinions, and it's not about our little our little nuances, and it's not about our little caveats and our little things that we like or don't like, or our opinions or our soapboxes. It's about preaching the glorious kingdom of Jesus Christ, a kingdom that shall have no end. I'm I'm trying to be dignified. (laughs) Preach the kingdom, Pastor. People live the kingdom. Preach repentance. When the questions are deeper than we have answers for. When human need is greater than our ability to respond. When the complexities of our congregations overwhelm our understanding and exceeds even your gifts. Preach repentance because we know that at the altar of repenting hearts stands a Redeemer and a Reconciler. Amen. And point people to the Savior. amen yes. An unlikely method. Baptizing in the Jordan. Here they come confessing their sins. He's preaching. He's baptizing their public meetings inside the temple, outside the temple. He's breaking the mold. He's shattering the tradition. He's out there. He's a voice piercing the darkness. A a finger pointing. A voice crying. A light shining. An unlikely method. His ministry was marked by divine authority, called of God, divinely ordained. We are not here this morning by just chance or happenstance. We are here because for whatever reasons, only providence alone knows God has led us to this moment and he's led us to this decision. And this indeed is a hallmark moment in which not we make our decision, but we acknowledge the providential leadings of the Holy Spirit. And we recognize that and celebrate it congregationally and corporately this morning to the best of our understanding. And if we've had differing opinions or we've had other thoughts, we must now we must now lay those down and join in celebration. I've been there. We've all been there. When God worked in ways we didn't think it would be or it shouldn't have been, but yet it was, and we have a choice to make. And yes, we will recognize the divine authority of God in the matter. Alistair Begg said today we do not need pastors that simply prepare more. We need men and women that have a word from God. People want a word from God, Pastor. Not another trick, not another scam. They want a feeling of divine authority about us. They want us to know that you have a message from God because you've been with God. John the Baptist was a man marked by divine authority. His ministry was marked by personal integrity. It was John the Baptist that looked Herod right in the eye and he told him, you cannot have your brother's wife. He refused to morally bend to the pressures of the political world around him and to the pressures of the the culture around him. There's always pressure to put on the pastor and on the church. But you see, we're people of the kingdom and we're people whose ministry must be marked by personal integrity. We must be men of noble integrity. A pastor and a minister of the cloth Pastor Don, your margin for error drastically narrows. We cannot be inappropriate with our money, the church's money, flippant about our marriages, flirtatious in our relationships, cruel to those we are called to serve, bitter toward those who do us wrong or disagree with us. You are a marked man, Pastor. I am a marked man. And that 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 must herald a glorious message of transforming holiness. And you and your family must live by that message. We live in a world where we have to earn the right of dignity and respect. In a world of tolerance, a self-conscious clergy may be tempted to bow his head to the scrutiny of public opinion, but we must be men and women of integrity. Josephus, the historian, noted of John the Baptist that he was a good man who commanded the Jews to exercise virtue. John's ministry was also marked by genuine humility. John the Baptist knew who he was not. I am not Elijah. I am not Jesus. His resume was full of I am not. I am not. The fact that John refers to himself as a voice. I'm a voice, he says. A voice signifies his own abandonment. He was only a voice. Pastor, we are only a vessel. We are only a voice. We are just the light. We are not that light, but we are a reflection of that light. Amen. The apostle writes His message was also simple. His ministry was marked by true simplicity. He came just preaching. A single voice, a true light, John pointing beyond himself. Was not only a light shimmering to illuminate, shining to illuminate evil, but not only a voice crying to rebuke sin. There's certainly a time for all of those. But he was a finger pointing to a savior. It was him who would say, "Behold, the Lamb of God, which takes away the sin of the world." That's the message of hope and redemption. That's the message that'll preach of the kingdom. Yes, come ye sinners afar and wide. Come one and all. Come to a place of repentance for there stands a Redeemer who can redeem you and transform you and change you and you can be part of a kingdom that knows no end. That was his message. He pointed his people to the Savior. He fearlessly denounced evil. He shattered the world of the hypocrites. But he constantly pointed the way to Jesus I have often struggled early on and why it is John the Baptist died like he did he died with his head cut off at a horrible party of debauchery and evil at the request of a sensual woman this man of whom the world was not worthy died this horrible death he had been persecuted he had been put in prison he had been made fun of his message had been almost destroyed even at times he questioned and wondered if Jesus was who truly who he said he was the bible points it out each send those go and see go and see is it really him go if I come back and tell me make sure the darkness of his situation. I mean, if I was God, I think I would have done it a little different. I was struggling with that. I couldn't find answers in any of my study and any of my study or research and I'm on my knees. I'm saying, Lord, why? Why did you seem to reward John like you did at the end? And the Holy Spirit seemed to speak to me and say, son, listen, it isn't about how you die or how it ends. It's how you've lived that matters most. Pastor Don, we don't, we, don't, we don't build for the final, finales you know, the great celebrations. We live it out every day. Men of integrity and holiness, preaching the gospel, the kingdom. And he said, furthermore, the reason John wasn't given his reward is he was not home yet. And this world has not been worthy of those who have served God and ended it all in humble means. i have known of them. They're around here. They're sitting here. They've given it all. They're fortunate to end it all in a mobile home somewhere in a trailer park on the backside of nowhere. But the reason they haven't got their just rewards is because they're not home yet. And one of these days, we shall make it home into that eternal city. And when we've been faithful to the call of God and the commission of God and faithful to the church of God, there's coming a day when, yes, the books will be open and the rewards will be flowing out. Hallelujah. Yeah, it's an unlikely time, all right. Unlikely man, all right. An Unlikely place, all right. An unlikely message the world really doesn't always want to hear. It. They'd rather hear prosperity and goodness and whatever else. But we're preaching repentance in the kingdom. Amen. And we're just preaching and baptizing and gospel. The day will come when we walk off the scene. And Pastor Don, just as sure as you have entered today into this great calling, you will one day walk away from it. May it be said of you. He broke the silence. He pierced the darkness. The Lord was gracious. God's people said. So it is that today we gather as those called out of darkness into light into the presence of the almighty God, our redeemer as the church, the body of Christ. We do so with praise in our hearts for the gifts that God has so abundantly poured out upon his church. God's redemptive work on earth is done in, for, and through his church, you and me. And so the church must be established everywhere in righteousness advancing the interest of God, defending the truth from all heresy, division and manipulation. It is within the authority and blessing of the church that we serve and minister for God, our redeemer. Therefore, the importance of this moment rises as we recognize the biblical design of God in placing overseers or pastors, men uniquely called of God to lead and nurture the body of Christ, his church. It is my prayer that everywhere the church is found that there are these devoted and diligent ministers who are shepherding the flock and feeding the sheep. It is our prayer that our ministers, our pastor, will have a mind that's enlightened and heart sanctified and whose efforts will be anointed and purposes strengthened by the manifestation of the Holy Spirit of God so that he shall preach and teach with anointed boldness the whole word and counsel of God. It is also our prayer that we who are called to follow such a pastor, we the church, will also humbly serve God in constancy of faith and holiness of life, so that in all of us shall we shall hear on that great and final day these words, come ye blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. The Bible has much to say to the charge of the ministry, the responsibility of the pastor or overseer of the church, and the church's responsibility to him. To the pastor, such challenges are given in God's word that we would read in Acts chapter 20. Therefore, take heed to to yourselves and to all the flock among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseer to shepherd the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. In 2 Timothy, we read these words, admonishing the minister. I charge you, therefore, before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom, preach the word, be ready in season and out of season, convince and rebuke and exhort and with all longsuffering and teaching. To the congregation, such admonishment is given from God's word like this in Hebrews chapter 13. Obey your leaders and submit to them, for they are keeping watch over your souls as those who will have to give an account. Let them do this with joy and not groaning, for that would be of no advantage to you. 2 Thessalonians chapter 5, we read, We ask you, brothers, to respect those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you and to esteem them very highly and love because of their work. Be at peace among yourselves. And we urge you, brothers, admonish the idle, encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, and be patient with them all. In 1 Timothy chapter 5, these words, Let the elders who rule well be considered worthy of double honor it literally means you're to take care of him well financially especially those who labor in preaching and teaching for the scripture says you shall not muzzle an ox when it treads out the grain and the laborer deserves his wages and so providence have led us, has led us to this moment in which We are assembled here before God to install Pastor Don Bates Jr. and family as pastor of this congregation. He has been duly called to this holy office by your own invitation and by the authority of the church at large and as we believe by the direction of God. May the Holy Spirit add his blessing and anointing to this sacred moment. I'm asking Pastor Don Bates and his family to please stand and any of his family he wishes to join him and please present yourself before the altar facing me. I'm asking the board of directors if you would please come and form a line behind and around the pastor and his family. We'll give them a moment to assemble. Could just move this way just a little bit. Thank you. Dear brother in Christ, as you well know, the duties and responsibilities of your holy office are clearly set forth in the Word of God. As a minister and representative of our Lord Jesus Christ, you're first of all to preach both the law and the gospel as they are set forth in the holy scriptures and as they are understood in the teachings of his church. This you are to do faithfully and without deviation from the truth, remembering the words of Saint Peter the Apostle, if any man speak, let him speak as the oracles of God. All that is contrary to sound doctrine or to holiness of heart and life, you must refute with kindness yet faithfulness. Those who are committed to your pastoral care are to be diligently admonished to walk in the commandments of the Lord blamelessly, trusting always in the loving mercies of our Lord Jesus Christ, and depending upon the leadership of the Holy Spirit in all things. You are to offer grace to the penitent and brokenhearted. Give warning to the erring and sinful and rebellious and extend direction to the troubled and confused. You are to bring compassion of our Lord Jesus Christ, the great physician, to the sick and the hope of his mercy in heaven to the dying. Remember always that you stand before your people and serve among them in his name and on his behalf. You're also faithful to administer the holy sacraments to your people Baptizing all those who come to repentance and faith in our Lord Jesus Christ and celebrating with them the Holy Communion by which they are often reminded of his atoning death and abundant grace. You are to instruct the children and youth of this congregation in the doctrines and discipline of our most holy faith. Counseling and leading them as a faithful shepherd into the maturity of Christian life and service. Remember with all humility that your authority rests in the Holy Scripture and your power comes from the indwelling Holy Spirit. Pastor, personally, you're called to be an example in your own life and ministry of a faithful steward in the Church of God. Your life of prayer, devotion, and study of the Scriptures must be a pattern for those committed to your charge. Your holiness of life, your steadfast faith and your integrity of purpose must always be without question. Your love of righteousness and your hatred of iniquity must be without question. So it was for our Lord and so it must be for you. Be thou faithful unto death, for he has said, I will give thee a crown of life. Do you now solemnly promise before God and this congregation to diligently perform these duties the Lord being your helper? If so, answer, I promise the Lord being my helper. helper. Therefore, I charge you now before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the living and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. Preach the word, be ready constantly to reprove, rebuke, exhort with all longsuffering and doctrine. Be watchful in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, and make full evidence of your calling in ministry. And now I ask the congregation to please stand as well. Now, my dear friends in Christ, you who comprise this congregation, this church, I urge you to receive as your pastor, Pastor Don Bates, Jr., whom you have called and whom God has established as his representative to you. Accept the word of God that he shall faithfully preach to you. Receive in his hands the holy sacraments that he shall celebrate to your comfort and submit to the godly discipline that he shall exercise in leading you in all holiness of life. See that your children and youth shall receive instruction in the Christian faith under his counsel with all respect and bring them faithfully to the house of God where they shall sit under his ministry. Pray for him that the ministry he shall offer may tend to the salvation of many souls and that as he faithfully performs his duties directed and anointed by the Holy Spirit that you will walk blamelessly in the beauty of holiness and be brought to share in the glories of eternal life. Honor and esteem your pastor who is to minister to your souls. Remember again the words of St. Peter, to know them which labor among you, or St. Paul, excuse me, to know them which labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you and to esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake and be at peace among yourselves. It is your duty to see that he is financially honored and recompensed for his labors and to love and respect him and his family. As a congregation, do you now accept these obligations to your pastor? If so, answer to corporately, we will, the Lord being our helper. We will, the Lord being our helper. Having received your promise and the pledge of this congregation, I hereby install you now, Pastor Don Bates, Jr., as the senior pastor of Independent Nazarene, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the blessed Holy Spirit. And the church said, Amen. Amen. At this time, I'm asking Pastor Don's father, who's with us, and his mother is with us as well, and family, Pastor Bates, Sr., to come and pray a prayer of blessing at this time.
0: Heavenly Father, we're thankful this morning that we are standing in the presence of God the Holy Ghost.
2: We're thankful that God who blessed this crowd, these people, we're thankful that God the Holy Ghost came into this world and then one day sought us out, brought us to a place where we could find forgiveness of our sins. We're thankful for you today. We're thankful for Your Son, Jesus, Father God. We're thankful, O God, for the great sacrifice He made for our sins. We pray Thee, O God, this morning, thank God for the truth, the message today. But I pray that, God, that You'll strengthen and fortify and bless. And God, I pray that You'll give wisdom. Oh, how we need Your wisdom. And I pray that, God, You'll anoint and bless and help my son, Donnie, God, I pray today we ask you in Jesus' name, the name above every name. Thank God. And amen. Praise God.
1: Amen. amen. At this time, uh, you may be seated as a congregation and uh, elders, you may return to your seats. And uh, let's uh, give a round of applause and welcome to the podium, the pulpit. Pastor Don Bates.
3: Cravings, to my family and friends who joined us today, and to you, the Congregation of Independent Nazarene Church, I stand before you today, humbly accepting a position I did not seek, and at times I did not want. But I accept it today because of a call that God placed on my life as a nine year old boy that call has led us to this moment and I accept this responsibility with full confidence in the God who calls in the past several months I've watched him make his will very clear to me and my family so much so that I cannot ignore the fact that the hand of divine providence has been at work in our lives. So in the words of the songwriter, I can confidently say, Then I'll dread not the future and fear not the foe. Yes. I'm safe and it's keeping wherever I go. Yes. For no soul that has trusted him will he forget. Amen. And he never has failed me yet. Amen. My hope and trust is in the God who has led us to this good hour. And it is with that hope that I'll do my best to serve you as your senior pastor. I'll rejoice when you rejoice and I'll weep when you weep. I'll congratulate you and your successes and I'll do my best to comfort you in your times of sorrow.
1: Most importantly, I'll do my best to point you to a
3: place called heaven But in order to point you to a place called heaven, I have to point you to an old rugged cross. But if I point you to an old rugged cross, I must point you to a man called Jesus who shed his blood there for you and who loves you with an everlasting love. I end these comments with a note of praise. A note of praise to God for his faithfulness and goodness to us here at Independent Nazarene Church. Sometimes, most of the time, I say things better with a song. And to end this very humbling service this morning, I am honored to sing with Trey and Blake and our Independent Nazarene Church Choir. God bless you. Hey, <laughs>
1: grace and wisdom. Visit this congregation, O God, with the manifestations of your love and favor. Enlighten their minds more and more with the light of the everlasting gospel. Graft in their hearts a love for your truth. Advance them in holiness of heart and life. Nourish them with all goodness. And of your great mercy, keep them in the same O Holy Spirit, whom with the Father and the Son together we worship and glorify as one God now and forevermore. And the people of God said, Amen. Amen. God bless you. You are dismissed.